This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 225th episode of Talk Direction. Um, And we have decided today, instead of doing a regular episode, um, to use this time to talk about the protests that have been going on in the U.S. We wanted to talk about police brutality, George Floyd's murder, Um, what you can do to support Black Lives Matter, um, and just kind of, I don't know, use our space and platform um, to talk about these really important issues. Um, Yeah, and we will have another episode out next week, but um, we felt like this was super important um, to talk about, and Everyone knows we get really political on this podcast, so this is going to be one of those episodes, Um, and I encourage everyone to stay and listen and to participate and um, to engage with us. We're always open to hearing feedback on our Twitter and social media and email. Um, We'd love to hear your thoughts on what we discuss. Um, Yeah. Do you have something to add to that, Lucia? Um. Not really. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I, we'd love it if you guys would listen through to this episode, um, even though it's not, you know, your typical um, talk direction episode. I mean, we do talk about um, political topics um, all the time, but usually there's a lot more 1D thrown in there, and this is kind of separate from that. Um, but it would be really great if you could listen through and, and let us know your thoughts. Our connection, um, me and Caitlin, our um, internet connection has been a little funky this morning. So um, if you notice that, that's why uh, when we have a bad connection, we try really careful. We try really hard not to like um, to not to interject a lot because uh, that can make things confusing. So if you notice our conversations kind of weird, uh, that's probably why uh, we've just been having a hard time um, with the connection. So just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Hopefully it'll get better as we go. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start by saying that this episode's like Google doc that we usually do to plan the episodes, um, will be available to everyone listening, not just Patreon supporters. It will be on Patreon open to everyone. And we'll also post the link on our social media, Um, We're also going to be posting more resources on our social media. So that's at talk underscore direction on Twitter and at talk direction on Instagram. Um, So we'll be posting links to petitions and places to donate, um, but also just um, black creators that we were really interested in. People you can follow on Twitter and Instagram to get more information. Um, all that type of stuff. So look to our social media and this Google Doc for links to things because we've provided the links in the doc. And feel free to share this with anyone um, that you want. It's free up to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, I know um, one of the biggest links that have, like, one of the biggest places to go to get links for petitions, resources, etc., is through the Black Lives Matter, like, official accounts. Um, so that link is https dot uh, colon slash slash Black Lives Matter dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Um, and that'll take you to a whole more a whole bunch more resources. But again, that's going to be linked on our social media and in this doc. Um, so, yeah, and feel free to send us more links to um, places that you want us to amplify um, and put out on our social media. Um, yeah. And um, I figured we could go back and forth a little bit since I realized you're going to. Yeah be having to do so much of the talking caitlin wrote out this doc and we hadn't talked about going back and forth i just realized (laughs) we could do a little bit of that um we also wanted to say that if we have any black listeners of this podcast and you want to come on and share your experience um please let us know we would really love to have you um on the show either for a whole episode or just a segment um but um, I've seen a, a couple of posts on Twitter <clears throat> from um, black people in the fandom, um, either Harry fandom or One Direction in general. Um, and we'd love to to have you on and, and have you share your your fandom experience. Um, so if if uh, if anyone listening wants to do that, definitely reach out to us. Um, mm-hmm. And we might reach out to a couple of people as well and just ask them if they want to come on. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. That would be um, very welcome. We definitely want to amplify others' voices who have um, things to share. And if you want to share, let us know. Um, yeah. Yeah, we also wanted to say that we will be donating the June money from our Patreon. Um, we, I think, personally donate as well, but um, we wanted to donate through the podcast. So we found a group, um, Black Trans Protesters Emergency Fund. So this is run by Black Trans Femmes in the Arts. And it's a group. Um, but this, this specific fund is for, I'll just read it from the Instagram post, um, in partnership with Black Trans Travel Fund for the Girls and the okra project we are raising funds to support black trans protesters with resources medical care and bail all funds that are not needed will be redistributed to black trans led orgs doing the work to minimize violence against black trans folk um so this is an organization luci and i both thought um really made sense to donate to so our june money from the patreon will be going um to this we're going to provide links if you'd also like to donate to this fund um on our social media so at talk underscore direction on Twitter and at talk direction on Instagram. Um, and to donate, to donate, they use both the cash app, um, PayPal, and they also have, um, Venmo. So the PayPal email address is BTFA collective at gmail.com. The cash app is, and I've never used this. So it's just like a dollar sign BTFA collective. Um, and then the Venmo is, um, at pay J O R D Y N J A Y. So Jordan J pay Jordan J. 
Um, also, yeah. sorry, I just was looking at the um, post and it says that their Cash App is currently not accepting funds. So please send funds via PayPal uh, instead of Cash oh, App great. for now. Okay. Um, great. Um, yeah, we'll we'll post this thing to actually get you linked to their Instagram as well so that you can find it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, Lucia, you wanted to talk about another org you saw. Yeah. There's um, an organization called the Loveland Foundation. Um, and let me just scroll down uh, to where I put it in. Um, it's a therapy uh, fund for black women and girls. Um, and basically they raise money um, so that black women and girls can attend therapy. Um, therapy is hugely important, um, especially for you know, people who've been been traumatized, as many black women and girls have. And um, it's one of those things that uh, is expensive. Um, I'm going to therapy right now. I'm also doing like physical therapy and like all this kind of stuff to to I'm like on a healing journey right now. And it's definitely like a huge privilege to even be able to access um, these things. And, you know, therapy specifically um, can be really expensive and not accessible. Um, so I thought this was a really good, um, group to donate to and they have, um, I'm looking up their, uh, account right now. Um, but they have a, um, like giving circle, uh, recommendation on their site where you can get six of your friends to donate $20 and that pays for a therapy session, um, so we thought we would do that as well, and we'll share that on our Twitter and Instagram if we can get um, just four other people to donate twenty dollars. Um, that pays for one therapy session, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 hard with donating because um, I'm sure a lot of you are <laughs> similar in in similar positions to mine, where I feel like I don't have a ton of money to donate. So sometimes I don't donate at all because I'm like well, I can't donate very much money. So like, what's the right. point? But if everyone donated like one dollar, you know, a million people donating one dollar is a million dollars. Like, so yeah. I think anything you have that you can donate, even if it's like a, a couple bucks, uh, it does help because um, it adds yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you like, want to be, just don't in... get a coffee next time you're at Starbucks. Say, exactly. Okay, nope, not going to get it. Like, there's ways to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you want to get in on this giving circle for the Loveland Foundation, we'll post about that. Um, and even if you can't donate twenty dollars, if you you know can donate five dollars, um, then definitely like you can be included as well. Because then we just need more, mm-hmm. more people. But um, but yeah, I think donating is important, even if you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and also one more thing okay. <laughs> about donating sure. is that um, it, it's important for people to understand that when you're donating to organizations like this that it really isn't charity um it's not that like we are being benevolent and like helping um black people it's actually like what they are owed um when you talk about reparations it's literally to like repair um the damage that has been done so a lot of these um donations is really like you know for us for me and caitlin as white women it's kind of what we owe um to kind of right the wrongs of our of our ancestors and and balance the scales like of our you know privilege and we benefit off of off of racism um, we have our whole mm-hmm. lives just by being white we don't have to do anything we just get those benefits automatically um, so the donate the donating is really not a charity as much as it is um, righting wrongs yeah absolutely um, 
Yeah, so before we get into um, sort of the context and other ways you can help, uh, we wanted to just sort of say why we we are talking about this um, and using our uh, podcast um, just to sort of help other people understand. I think it's really important that, um, you know, because we have this platform that we do talk about politics, we do um, like talk about world issues a lot of times and I think like the emotional and physical labor of the education about racism and talking about these things shouldn't always fall to black people and it's a responsibility as a white person to do some of that labor and to do the labor. Um, I know I've seen black people on Twitter saying you know, please don't come DM me and say, how can I help? Or can you explain this to me? Because that's not, that's not their responsibility. Um, and, um, I think it's white people's responsibility to teach other white people, um, about these things Mm -hmm. and to also amplify voices of black people because there's tons of people all over social media and Twitter and black people who are doing that labor and to amplify those voices is really important. Um, so that's what we're trying to do here. Um, yeah. And to just follow their lead, you know, when you go to protests, follow the lead of the black leaders who've been doing this forever, who, you know, have been in this, in this thing forever and they know exactly what they're doing they know um the best ways to do this i think that's important like you're coming into someone else's space um and you have to like look up to and respect them and yeah yeah it's important to when you're getting involved in activist work especially if it's kind of new for you that um and especially with with racism um that you kind of understand that it's not about you and learn mm-hmm. to not kind of center yourself. Um, so it can be a hard thing for people to kind of learn, um, but it's important not to kind of think about uh, it being about you. It's it's really not. Um, and so, like Caitlin said, it's important to, yeah, follow, follow the lead of people who've already been doing this for a while um, and kind of go in thinking, like, how you can assist them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And kind of like what Lucia was saying earlier about us being white women and just automatically benefiting from like racism and white supremacy, like, and we, we like literally don't have to do anything and we benefit, you know? Um, And it just, it's, it goes to show like, um, like racism is systemic. And what that means is that, like our our society like our capitalist society the way that the u.s and the white world runs is based on like racism slavery black labor like it's all built off that it's it's in the Mm -hmm. genes i don't know where i was hearing this but someone was talking about how it's like in the genes of our society you can't like our society is Mm -hmm. built on that that is it's interwoven you can't just like get rid of it like in order to do it you have to tear apart the way society is built like it's racism is interwoven into the way our government works into you know the prison systems you know it went from 
it went from slavery to trying to put all black people in prisons instead of slavery and it's just modern day slavery um so like this is our society is built on this type of thing so um that's what people mean when they say like racism is systemic that like you know you have to a lot of a big thing going around is like you have to be anti-racist and it's um a quote that I've included in the doc as well um what it what it means is that it's not enough to just be like you know whatever I don't say anything I'm not racist like that's just not enough at all um like you have to actively work to be anti-racist um So the quote comes from Angela Davis, um, and she says, in a racist society, it is not enough to be non-racist. We must be anti-racist. And that what that means is that, like, you can't, you can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm not racist. Like you, you, I mean, racism is built into who you are if you're a white person, because like, that's how society works. So you have to actively fight against it. You have to be proactive against racism. Um... And yeah, if that makes sense. I know there's like a lot of, everyone's on their own journey to understanding Mm -hmm. this. um, And like everyone's um, at a different stage. So we're trying to also define new terms for people where this might be like the first time they're sort of getting involved politically or talking about Black Lives Matter or talking about racism. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, definitely, definitely read Angela Davis's work um and read about anti-racism I know there's a lot of things going around about how to be actively anti-racist and we're going to talk a bit about that um but I thought that that quote sort of helps give context to um what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. um yeah Lucia do you have anything to say about what I just said I know we got cut out for a while there yeah um this episode will probably be a little bit like kind of looping um back and forth there's not really like a clear uh order of what we're talking about um so we might get to this um again but um but yeah kind of what caitlin was talking about it's not enough to be just not racist you have to be anti-racist um and one of the ways you can kind of start is to like evaluate your own privilege as a white person or as a non-black person in America um like I think about my career as an example I did not go to college um I graduated high school I went to like an independent high school I graduated and became a dog trainer um and I in my industry um I could I could definitely make in the you know hundred thousands uh per year category uh if I wanted to um the pet care industry as a whole, I mean, that's a whole separate kind of topic about the racism and uh, stuff in that in, in the industry that I'm in. But, you know, it's kind of an example of like I'm someone who did not go to college and I have the opportunity to make a lot of money. Um, and, you know, that is um, probably in large part due to the fact that I am white. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just an example of, like, you know, you kind of have to look at, evaluate um, the privileges that you have. And also, like, the work, um, the work to undo all of this and and the work to kind of recognize your own privilege and and become anti-racist is really hard. And it's not Mm -hmm. comfortable. 
Um, it's really yeah. uncomfortable, actually. And it's supposed to be. Um, so if it feels bad while you're doing it, um, that's kind of part of it. It's part of the process. It can feel icky um, and it can feel uncomfortable. Um, and we have to do it anyways. Uh, it's again, we're, we're the point is that we're trying to write a wrong so it's not gonna feel good all the time and it can be mm -hmm. really uncomfortable and also you have to be willing to make mistakes like even me a lot of times I feel like there's stuff I don't want to speak on because I feel like well I can't say this in the most articulate way or like right. what if I don't know enough to talk about this and so I don't talk about it um which is more it, it's more damaging um than someone mm -hmm. who didn't know at all to talk about it um no one's going to be perfect, especially, you know, white people who are who are newer um, to this work. Like you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say the wrong thing. And that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're someone who like you want to say something to your to your family or to your friends, but you feel like you, you know, don't know exactly how to say it, like that's OK. Um, and it's also OK to, to try. And then, you know, if you mess up and people tell you you mess up, it, that's OK. And you can say you know, you can then then fix it and say, you know, sorry, mm -hmm. I, I messed up. Here's I saw that a lot over the the last couple of days. There was like um, this Blackout Tuesday situation that got taken a little too far where everyone was kind of posting black squares. Um, and then it was kind of like a lot of people are saying like, hey, that's actually not helpful. Can you do this instead? Um, and, you know, that's part of the process. It just doesn't mean that the mm -hmm. people who did that, you know, are now horrible people. It just means that they did something that. Um, wasn't helpful and then they were told and then they fixed it and that's yeah. that's part of what has to happen in the process yeah definitely I totally agree and like no one's gonna no one's gonna know everything and it's mm -hmm. just your responsibility to keep learning and keep growing and keep listening um and yeah like you said you have to be okay with the fact that it's not gonna feel good and it's not gonna be easy but like it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Um, so to move on to some context of why we're talking about this now, if you have not been listening to the news or in social media, um, we wanted to do a brief coverage of what has sparked the protests. Um, so George Floyd uh, was murdered by the police. Um, it was captured on video. There was a police that, I mean, if you watch the videos, there's, it's, it's really brutal and disgusting. Um, and particularly the part where the police kneeled on his neck and he's saying, I can't breathe. Um, and the police weren't immediately arrested. And now I think they're being charged with like third degree murder, which is disgusting because that's not enough. Um, and this is just one of many murders by the police against black people. Um, and as I've seen a lot on social media, um, this stuff just has always happened. It's been going on forever. Um, but just now it's being filmed. So while this uh, like outrageous thing that happened is sparking these particular protests, it's really actually all about just complete like all the police brutality that happens and has happened for years and years and um yeah it's not just this one outrageous thing it's 
it's a pattern and it's about mm-hmm. you know just it's about a lot of things yeah um, it's also important to understand that the the police we have today were in part originally formed as a slave patrol like the mm-hmm. origins of the police force is is racist as a racist origin um so yeah as caitlin yeah. says it's not it's not just uh you know this stuff has been happening for a long time and the origins of the of the police um are you know from the from the very beginning mm-hmm. it's just like it's just like um jails and incarceration mm-hmm. it's like that that's interwoven with the end of slavery and mm-hmm. like quote-unquote end of slavery and it just has sort of morphed into another thing so yeah i mean especially like being somewhere like in portland where weed is now legal like if you look at the amount of 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 black people in prison for uh weed related offenses and then you look at um white people who own uh you know weed companies and they're making you know millions of dollars um it's yeah yeah um so then since uh the george george floyd murder um people have been protesting all over the u.s and all over the world actually um and what starts as normal like protests that everyone has the right to do in the constitution police will show up and um they uh what's the word i'm looking for they make it violent there's a word Mm -hmm. i can't think of it but they come like literally there have been police the national guard showing up with tanks and Mm -hmm. guns and shooting rubber bullets at protesters tear gassing people it's gotten so violent i've seen such disgusting things Mm -hmm. cars driving like the police driving cars into people um i've seen police rip masks off protesters and spray tear gas in people's faces Mm -hmm. um i mean it's just horrendous police approaching people in their cars not doing anything ripping them out of their cars Mm -hmm. and tear gassing them um yeah i'm just it's just so disgusting and it it just shows the the whole thing about the anonymizing police Mm -hmm. and like they just they have they given they they just feel like they have this power to do whatever they want and they do um and it's the whole way they do yeah they do have the power to do whatever they want you know like the whole way the police system is set up is that's what leads to this mm-hmm. you know like it's it's a direct thing yeah i don't know if that makes any sense yeah and i, I mean the the police if anything should be de-escalating situations Mm -hmm. if there is a a crowd situation or a protest situation and and the police are called in like their job should be to de-escalate um literally the police motto is to protect and serve um they're not protecting anyone they're attacking people it's extremely horrific and violent to watch the police it it like fills me with terror um seeing the the police in their riot gear um Mm -hmm. just because they're so incredibly violent and um you can also tell, like, it, when you watch these videos, like, they're not acting. Someone who is who is allowed legally to carry weapons and to use them on civilians should be someone who is 
so well trained in in de-escalation and and so careful and like the police you see they're just filled with like adrenaline um they're Mm -hmm. erratic like they're not being careful and thoughtful um which is exactly the opposite kind of people you'd ever want to to be in charge of of you know holding those the kinds of weapons that they're allowed to um it's it's very scary um, and the, mm-hmm. the protests have, have largely been been peaceful and the police routinely show up and, and, and ca- you know, cause it to become violent um, yeah. with their, their actions, uh, their presence and their actions. Um, and also a lot of the, um, the looting and property destruction that has happened, um, a lot of it has been um, done by white people. <laughs> so white people at mm-hmm. protests who... Um, want to just get rowdy or, or maybe they're angry too, but, you know, a lot of the destruction has actually been, um, been caused by, by white people, um, and police themselves. There's been quite a few, um, videos and, um, just stuff I've seen on Twitter of, of, you know, police, kind of undercover police, um, causing destruction to property, um, to make it seem like the protester, uh, protesters are violent. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can be hard to wrap your head around the idea that, oh, the police, you know, I see them in my town. Mm-hmm. I know one. I know, Like, how could this be? Oh, that must just be a bad egg. You know, mm-hmm. oh, that's just a bad police officer who did that. And you can kind of justify it that way. But it's like, no, it's not just one police. It's the it's the entire system of what what police are. That's it's. I don't know. It's not just like, oh, it's just, oh, that one one person who did it. No, this happens again and again and again. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's a part of a whole system that ends up having this. I don't know. I'm I feel like I'm not making sense at all, but don't justify don't justify this behavior. Um, yeah, the the you know, the the idea is that is that, you know, cops there aren't good cops because the of the job. The people themselves might be, quote unquote, good people. But if you mm-hmm. are in the role of a police officer or a cop, then you're like actively um, working for like a systematically racist and oppressive organization. So it's inherently mm-hmm. not possible for there really to be good cops <laughs> because the yeah. organization itself is is completely corrupt. Um, yeah. And we need, we need, you know, we need defunding um, of the police um, beyond reform. You know, there's, I mean, there's a lot that needs to happen, but, um, but yeah, it's important to understand that the, the organization as a whole um, is, is deeply problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was seeing and also, statistics. I don't, I don't know exactly what it, what the numbers were, but I think it was like 40% of there's domestic abuse in 40% of relationships yes. with police officers versus like, uh-huh. I don't know if it was 10% in the regular population or something yeah. but like yeah. hmm, red flags going off. Like what, right. what is going on that that organization has so many associated domestic violence mm-hmm. things. Like it's like, yeah. And not a coincidence. It's not. And that can be really hard for people to understand. Like, I definitely went through this when I was younger, when I I lived in Oakland for a while, Oakland, California. And 
Um, I lived in a neighborhood where I would routinely hear gunshots or, you know, experience um, domestic violence like happening in neighbors' houses. And I um, would call the cops because I thought that Mm -hmm. was what was the right thing to do. Because as a white person, in my mind, the police were safety. Um, Mm -hmm. The cops showing up was safety. And it was really hard for me to understand that uh, that that wasn't actually safety for the people that I was trying to help. And that, in right. fact, it was actually the opposite. And and by calling police into a, a black neighborhood, um, you know, I was actually putting people's lives in danger. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, at the time I kind of felt like, well, what about domestic violence? Like, you know, the cops need to come like that needs needs to, to happen. But that actually doesn't help. Um, the police showing up doesn't mm-hmm. help. And like Caitlin said, a lot of people in the police force actually are domestic abusers so if you're calling yeah. a domestic abuser to 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 the house of someone you know to help them obviously that's not gonna gonna be helpful and just statistically it's it's shown that that that's unfortunately um doesn't really help anyone um and obviously there's a lot we need there's some good there's a really good post i'll include the link in this in this doc um there's a really good post about um, all of this about like, you know, if you have questions of like, well, what, you know, what are the alternatives in those situations to police? Um, and there is a lot of good information about what we can kind of create as as alternatives to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about like, you know, it's a it's it's a slow process. It's not like the it's not like anyone's advocating that, you know, the police just like uh, completely disband all at once. Like, obviously, there's a lot. It's a process to it happening. But um but the people who can actually be effective in the situations that, like, I was calling the police on are, like, uh, you know, um, community organizers, um, social workers, like, people who are actually involved in the community and actually know the people that might be involved. Um, mm-hmm. Calling a, a stranger with a gun in actually d- doesn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. Except white people to feel safer. <laughs> right. Um. So the next thing I have in the doc um, is just a list of names of people who have been murdered by the police. And there's just, there's hundreds of names here. And this is not all of them. This doesn't even cover all of it. Um, But if you're looking at the doc, just let that sink in. Um, Yeah. And just take a minute to reflect on that. Mm -hmm. And understand where people's rage is coming from you know it's not it's not coming from nothing it's because people are dying are being murdered every single day and some of these murders aren't even about direct um altercations with the police like um brianna taylor was was murdered in her own house um yeah police broke into her house in the middle of the night and shot her. Um, yeah. Like she was literally just sleeping in her bed and she got killed um, because they broke into her her own home. Yeah. Um, she wasn't inv- involved in, in an altercation when that happened. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, so all of the boys have been tweeting about um, this, providing links. And uh, we've also seen Harry, Liam, and Niall going to protests. Um, I think that's important to 
be actually putting your body where your mouth is, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not just posting a link. Um, and they've all made statements about it on their social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go look on their social medias to see more about it. But we didn't want to focus on that um, on this episode. I did want to talk a minute um, sort of and I know we've talked about this before like what else the boys could be doing besides I think that's also the question that we have for everyone like what else can we be doing after this like what's the next step mm-hmm. you know like you posted on social media you talked about it you've protested whatever what else can you do um, and just my thoughts were like and we've said this a million times that the boys need to hire black people. They need to work with black artists, black musicians, black producers, prom- promote other black artists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something I think is such a, it, it takes no sweat off your back, mm-hmm. you know? And it's something that I really want to see in the music industry and particularly from the people that I follow. Mm-hmm. That's important to me. Um, Especially anything like that. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, especially in the music industry, um, you know, most of our modern day music was, um, you know, created by black people. Um, and so I think it's especially important for people involved in music, especially if they're involved um, in music that, you know, black people have, have created, that they uh, actually involve actual black people in their Mm-hmm. in their process and you know the 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 boys especially when they're touring um you know hire there's so many people that they hire there's so many people involved and there's so much room for them to include more black people um in their in their processes mm-hmm. and yeah um, and that's where yeah. you have to be active about it you can't just you mm-hmm. know sit back and be like oh someone else do the hiring like, you, you need to be proactive about mm-hmm like what are you gonna do look at yourself and say what are you gonna do what can you do to make sure that you are not being racist and that means when you work with like freaking how many different songwriters and they're all white what are you doing there because Mm -hmm. that that's like you've done nothing you've been (laughs) Yeah, and, and, you know, in order for that to happen, they have to go out and find that. They have to solicit that and, and look for it and invite black people in. Um, they can't, it's, it's you know, they can't just, just like, a lot of the boys, you know, will work with a kind of a small a small group of people. Um, but, but yeah, it's important, like Caitlin said, that you actually actively, um, it's, an, it's an active process of, of including black people. Uh, you can't just kind of like wait wait for them to show up um especially if you have kind of a closed circle because then like if the invitation isn't there like what do you expect is going to happen we just took a pee break but we're back and we were just talking about um not that it was a break for you guys the podcast has just been going (laughs) um but yeah we're 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 trying to find out also where or trying to figure out where all our listenership is in their understanding of this because i know um First of all, we've had like 11 year olds write in and Mm -hmm. we've had people in their 60s write in. So we have a big age group and everyone is on their own journey. And I certainly know that as a 25 year old woman, I am in a completely different place than I was at 11, at 16, at 20, you know, at 22, 23, 24. Like, yeah. So we're just trying to figure out what level like of 
things we need to describe and talk about. Um, and one of the things that came up was the hashtag all lives matter and sort of discussing why that is racist. And one of the things that I found most useful to understanding that, um, is the, uh, the symbolism of the burning house. So imagine, okay. So if anyone doesn't know, all lives matter is sort of a comeback that people have when people say black lives matter people will people will say no well all white all lives matter so like that's what you should be saying you know we should care about everyone um and I see people explaining this with the metaphor of the burning house where it's like in a neighborhood all houses matter yes your house is important oh this person's house is important um but there's someone's house that's on fire you know, and it's burning down. Do we put water on all the houses or do we put water on the house that's burning and that's on fire? Yeah. We put water on the house that's on fire because the other houses are okay. So when you say all mm-hmm. lives matter, when you or when you say black lives matter, that's not saying that other lives are not important. It's just saying that black people, their houses are on fire right now, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that are being killed and murdered in the streets by police, the people that are supposed to serve and protect. So that's what it's saying. Um, If that makes sense, Lucia, do you have something to add to that? Yeah, no, I I, I think that analogy is great. Um, Another analogy I like is if there was a march to end breast cancer or to raise funds for breast cancer research, you wouldn't run into that march and say, um, what about other kinds of cancer? Um, Mm. Because that march is specifically about about breast cancer like that's kind of another way to look at it is like um there's a lot of things that matter saying one thing is important doesn't mean that you're saying other things are not important um right and and like caitlin said you know it 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 is um it is it is about balancing the scales um you know between um for for black people uh Mm -hmm. it's not that it's not that um, no one is saying black lives are more important than other people, um, but uh, they are treated as less important in our society, and they have mm-hmm. been for hundreds of years. They have been treated as yeah. less important, um, and so it's 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 now we need to to balance the scales. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and, and also if you're that- oh sorry, you go for it. I was just going to say, you know, if you are listening to this and you feel like you don't understand um, concepts or what we're talking about or you have questions or you're confused, um, you know, totally write us in. Like, we would be happy to to talk to you about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, if you don't if you don't understand um, what we're talking about and, and you want to, you um, uh, you know, let us know. It, it's it's hard because we don't have a we have a we have a, pr- a pretty large audience, and of the, that audience, a very small percentage actually interacts with us. So um, a lot of our audience, we don't know who who you are. <laughs> um, so if you're listening and you're like, you know, this all sounds great, but I don't understand. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. let us know, and we'd be happy to like you know explain things more. Um, send or you resources. Send you resources exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say, actually, when we were talking together. I was going to say, please, like, contact us. We'll help explain. 
we're going to try to be as open and, you know, ready to educate and also to learn ourselves. Yeah. Um, we know that everyone does not have the privilege of knowing all this or growing up mm-hmm. in an area where, you know, you learn this or you learn through your family or through school. So, mm-hmm. like, we're all on our own journeys and but it is your choice to actively learn. So please make that choice and contact us. Yeah. And there can be a lot of, there can be a lot of guilt and shame when you start addressing these issues, especially if you're white. Um, It's really easy to get stuck in a, in a guilt, sadness, shame spiral. Um, Mm -hmm. And while that's totally real, it's not helpful. Um, It's not helpful to, to just spend your time kind of feeling guilty and, and and ashamed. Um, what is helpful is to get involved. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's also it's also normal if you do feel that way. Um, yeah. But it's important to kind of step out of that and, and leave mm-hmm. that aside and, and actually um, get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all have that experience of when when in, in any situation when someone feels really guilty about something they did to you mm-hmm. and you feel like, you know, I was the one who hurt, is hurt, but now I have to take care of this other person because of their guilt. Yeah. You know, that's sort of a similar situation where it is frustrating when you're having to take care of someone else's guilt. So, like, feel guilty, feel annoyed, mm-hmm. um, but, like, live with that and understand that's part of the process, you know? Yeah, yeah and also, you know, if you're if you're having feelings of, like, well, why is this my job? Why is this my responsibility? Mm -hmm. I didn't create racism. I've never owned slaves, like especially if you're a younger white person. It's important to understand that while you didn't create the problems that we have, um, it's very likely that your ancestors did. um, And regardless, um, you're benefiting from it today. um, Mm -hmm. And we have to fix it. Like this is the world we were given, unfortunately. Um, so while we, you know, maybe we didn't create these problems, we're the only people who can fix them. Um, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like climate change, you know, look at climate change. Like that is something, you know, if you're a young person, you didn't create the problems we have, um, with our environment, like a hundred percent you didn't, but you're the only one who can fix it. Like we have to, we have to fix what, you know, we have to work with what we're given. Um, and just because we didn't create it, um, doesn't mean we're not responsible to fix it because we're the only people who can because um, we're yeah. who is around now um, our ancestors who maybe created these problems are not around anymore so it's it's now our job um, mm-hmm. to fix it if, if we want to live in a, in a better world which I'm assuming if you're listening to this that you do yeah and also recognize that like while you didn't own slaves think about the stuff that you may have done you know mm-hmm. like did you ever walk down the street and cross to the other side when you saw black men? You know, that's mm-hmm. something you did. So mm-hmm. think about all the other things that uphold that white supremacy, you know, that uphold that, that you're also benefiting from, but you're also participating in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes any sense. I have a, on the dock a sort of white supremacy triangle that I've seen going on around and you can find it on our doc or just Google it where it talks about how all these sort of seemingly little slight things that people do day in, day out are actually what upholds white supremacy and sort of leads to overt white supremacy, such as hate crimes, lynching, 
the KKK, people using the N-word, racial slurs, um, all that type of stuff. And it's things that might not seem like a big deal to you, but actually all of those small things uphold, you know, this system. And that's Mm -hmm. things like racist mascots, you know, in in sports teams, Mm -hmm. um, Confederate flags, um, saying things like, oh, I don't see color. That's that's one I think that is one that's hard to wrap your head around. It's it, that that phrase people use is like when you say, "Oh, I don't see I don't see color. I I'm like colorblind. Like I see all people as equal." But in doing that and saying that, you're really not recognizing, you know, the the experiences and struggles of black people when you say things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's you're erasing not helpful you're erasing their oppression and it's a form of gaslighting mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, so, so it's all these things or uh, here's a good one. It's just a joke. No racist jokes is racism. Mm-hmm. Um, so really take a look at this triangle and see the ways that you may be participating in upholding white supremacy. Um, yeah um jumping back up i've included in the doc some petitions that you can sign um but sort of recently i've seen a lot more threads for different petitions um so i'm going to try to post those on social media as they come up on my own social media and like retweet and post on instagram um but we have some of the big ones linked in our doc um Uh, So you can follow those and um, sign the petitions. We also have links to donate for petitions, bail money, George Floyd's family, um, and the families of other people murdered by the police. Um, There's a link for um, funerals and for raising money for Gianna, who's George Floyd's daughter. Um, The Minnesota Freedom Fund, which is doing bail money for protesters although i think they have now been um like flooded with so many donations that there's better places to donate to so just like how lucia and i are donating to a small organization um for black trans people protesting you can go find small organizations that might need your money more than ones that have been sort of flooded with donations and that are the most popular um Mm -hmm. again there's more links found in the doc that we've created that's on our social media but we will also be um leading like putting on social media more ways for you to um donate and sign petitions yeah um yeah do you have anything about that no nothing additionally um so carrying on um i wanted to talk a bit about what people can do sort of past protesting and beyond signing petitions and donating money um, and sort of what they can do in their personal lives. One of the most obvious ones is to speak out against racism when you see it at work with relatives, Um, you know, call people out, engage people, talk about things, call out people who are maybe not protesting or not signing petitions and say hey what's up like why are you doing that and talk to them and get them more involved even if they're not if you don't consider them racist 
doing nothing helps the oppressor. I was just going to say that there's a really, uh, well, there's a few really excellent posts um, uh, that kind of talk you through talking points. Um, So if you are wanting to have kind of those tough conversations with your friends or your family, um, there's a lot of kind of guides for how to do that and how to how to kind of come back at like the the common things that people might try to argue with you about. Um, so mm. I'll add those to the doc as well. Um, there was one in particular that I just thought I, I liked the layout of and I thought it was really, um, really well done. But um, but there's a lot of resources out there. So you don't have to kind of go in on your own. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can kind of look up and, and you know, arm yourself with um, to go into those conversations, um, mm. you know, and and also know that it's, uh, it's really tough to do that, um, but it's important if you have people in your life who um, who aren't on board to kind of do what you can to get them there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you guys have any sort of resources that you've seen, such as like how to have a conversation with someone about racism, like Wuchi is describing, or anything that has a lot of um, great places to great resources great I know there's a ton of things going around definitely send them to us we can retweet we can post on our social media um, mm-hmm. and we can also read and learn ourselves I know there's mm-hmm. tons of lists of things going around which are really amazing mm-hmm. um, so other things I've included in here that you can do and Lucia already mentioned this one don't call the b- cops and don't call the cops on black people um, Lucia is going to post that thing which are like alternative things to calling the cops um Mm-hmm. yeah um another one i've seen is stop and wait if you see a black person being arrested or talking to the police like use your white body to help protect them you know mm-hmm. stand near them stand next to them it it really is Safe. is shocking to see um the difference of how police will interact with with the, the bodies of white people versus black people Especially, mm-hmm. like, if you saw the protests um, a couple weeks ago of, of white people um, protesting having to wear masks, um, you know, they're, these were armed men, um, white men, uh, going to government buildings, um, and the police did not touch them. You know, none of them got arrested. No. Um, it did not escalate to violence um, versus the protests that are happening now where black people are... are kneeling on the ground talking and being arrested for that mm-hmm. um, hands and there's up, also a couple of videos like, literally yep. not armed hands up and being arrested mm-hmm. being violently arrested yep it's there's shocking. countless there's video after video of yeah of of you know uh, there's one i saw yesterday where there's a, a black kid on the ground he had his, he was kneeling he had his hands up and he was talking the and the police charged him they grabbed him they pulled him and jumped on top of him um, and he was literally just talking. Um, and there's also a video of, um, or a couple of videos of uh, white people moving in front of black people. And literally the cops are like, it, it's just shocking to see it <laughs> um, mm-hmm. happen like in video of how different that they're going to react. So yeah. um, definitely if you're white, you can use your, your body and your whiteness to, to like mm-hmm. literally protect a, a black person against police because you're a lot safer um, than they yeah. are, um, and and especially honestly, if you're if you're a white woman, um, you know, it's it's very unlikely that the police are going to publicly hurt you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you can do a lot just by kind of intervening or, or, or watching or, or videoing, you know, when you see something happening. Yeah. Letting, letting the police yeah. know, like, hi, I'm here watching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you can also go to protests. There's tons of protests that are happening. Um, mm-hmm. Be safe, wear a mask. Um, I know there's some helpful posts that I've seen. Um, I know on Instagram, AOC posted it about what to bring to the protests, including mm-hmm. like masks, goggles, gauze, band-aids, first aid kit type of stuff. Um, what stuff to leave home, like jewelry, like different ways. So just so you can protect yourself and be safe for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check those out, but definitely go to protests. And when you do go, as I said earlier, like listen to black people and follow their lead at protests. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. These The protests are often organized by black people who have been doing this for a really long time. Um, and you're in their space and you need to respect that and listen and learn. Yeah. And um, if you're just you're listening and you're and you're wondering about protests and um, the pandemic we have going on. Um, like, yeah, it's not great. It's scary, like, that people are gathering in groups while this is going on. But people mm-hmm. are dying from, from the pandemic, but, but Black people are also dying um, at the hands of police. And that's the point of the protest. So, um, yeah. you know, people are, are putting themselves at risk to protest because it's that important. And also mm-hmm. there's a bit of an irony, too, that... Um, you know, COVID-19 is definitely has has disproportionately affected black people, not because of anything inherently, you know, with black people, but just because of systems. Um, they've been mm-hmm. more affected. Um, and it's just it's just a really messed up irony that, you know, the police are are using, um, you know, pepper spray and, and, and tear gas uh, yeah. during a, a pandemic that affects the respiratory system and during a protest against police brutality where the pandemic is more disproportionately affecting black people like there's all kinds of layers of of yeah. convolutedness um yeah. But yeah if you're listening you're kind of like well i don't think it's safe for people to be protesting like it's also not safe for black people to just exist so mm-hmm. you know the same thing the goes with like the looting and whatnot i know it's a lot of white people mm-hmm. starting the violence and doing the looting but if you're more focused on that than the fact that black people are murdered every day by the police, then you're focusing on the wrong thing. You mm-hmm. know, like that's just that's just not helpful to be. People are more important than property. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can also call your district attorney's office. You can call your local elected officials. You can register to vote and vote um, both in the primaries and in the elections coming up in November. Um, you can also just write into your own, like, town police force mm-hmm. or get involved in, like, the local government in your town or in your city. Um, it doesn't always have to be, like, on the scale of the presidential election. There is so many other um, steps before that that you can also take. Um, get involved in local elections. Um, this is a big one. Speaking up at work, if you see, um, racism going on at your work, go to HR or say something yourself. 
Um, because if you're just being quiet about it and not speaking up, then you're just complicit with the racism. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. An easy one and a sort of fun one to do is to support black businesses. Um, I've seen some great Twitter threads for like black owned restaurants, black owned art businesses, black owned like Etsy stores. Um, and I'm going to try to post some of those and post them on Instagram as well when I see them coming up. Um, yeah, that's a great way to support black people and put your money where your mouth is. Um, I've also seen some great resources, um, including books to read to educate yourself and books to read to your children and to talk about race and racism with your children and to start them learning about these things from day one mm -hmm. because it's never too early to talk about race. Mm -hmm. um, I know, Lucia, you included some um, lists of books here. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, there is quite a few of these lists going around of um, books, podcasts, TV shows, um, movies um, that you can watch, listen to, read. Uh, these specific graphics were taken from I underscore way on Instagram, which is um, Jamila Jamil's uh, organization. Um, but um, but yeah, there's this is on our in our docs. You can go look this up, um, especially the, the books. I'm going to definitely be reading a few of these myself. Um, I actually have not read a lot of these. Um, and I'm going to start with um, Between the World and Me by Tanashi Coates. Um, I downloaded it as an audiobook, and I'm going to be listening to it this week. Um, so uh, if anyone um, if anyone wants to, to, you know, listen along or if, or if there's a book that you want to read um, that, uh, you know, you want to, to read together or something like that, um, definitely let us know that as well um, because I really would like to, um, to read – I mean, really, this whole list of, of books here. Um, mm -hmm. Me and White Supremacy um, by Leila F. Saad is, is a good one. Um, and White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo um, is another one that a lot of people are, are reading. Um, the New Jim Crow um, by Michelle Alexander. Um, those are just a few of um, kind of the more well-known well ones, but there's definitely a lot. Um, and yeah, in the doc, there's a, a graphic here that lists them out. Um, if you want. And then there's also a list of movies and, and TV shows as well, um, just to kind of educate yourself. Yeah, these lists have been really great, and I'm I'm hoping people do sort of go with them, and I definitely want to read um, read more and, and watch movies and listen to podcasts. There's a million different avenues to learn, which mm -hmm. is great. So if one thing's not for you, find another one, you know, find what works for you. Yeah, like I have a personally, I have a hard time with physical books because I mean, probably because of my ADHD, but also I just like don't have a lot of a lot of extra time. Um, mm -hmm. But I do really well with audiobooks because I can listen to right. them while I'm doing other stuff. Um, and sometimes I even actually absorb. Well, always I absorb the material even more mm -hmm. um, when I'm listening to it versus when I'm actually reading it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of different avenues. That's great. Um um what else do you have here Lucia 
Um, I did include a quote here um, from this. Well, I included a link to this article um, about nonprofit and philanthropy um, becoming the white moderate that Dr. King warned us about. That's what it's called. Um, I'm not going to read it right now, but it's just linked in the doc if you want to go read it. Um, I think it's an important read. Um, and it just kind of talks about like kind of what we've already said that um, the, the kind of difference between being overtly racist and, um, you know, being someone who just doesn't speak about racism. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's important. Um, it's just really important to take that in and to really understand that, um, that uh, it's not enough to just not be actively racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of talking about about the protests as well and um you know if you're someone who sees that and and your immediate reaction is like um to get upset about the 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 destruction of property or the looting um to kind of evaluate why you feel that way um and did you feel as upset you know at the murder of of george floyd as you did mm -hmm. at the looting um and um yeah because there's a lot of people who kind of have this more kind of kumbaya um, approach, you know, where people are, are you know, oh, we have to, to protest um, peacefully and we have to, um, you know, uh, all, it's all, all love each other. And like, we've, we talk about this a lot. I think we talk about Harry because sometimes he can veer into that territory a little bit mm -hmm. um, of just kind of like, we all just need to love each other. <laughs> um, which like maybe is true as a, as a separate concept, but um, but it's kind of important to, to recognize that sometimes the the white people who are um, you know prioritizing that kind of peace are actually doing more damage um, mm -hmm. than people who are overtly racist. Yeah, um, especially I don't know that that I was see, said very well, but no, you can read. The I article think it was, and it like, okay. <laughs> it makes me think like you know you see people saying. Um, on Twitter like protest peacefully like we don't need to be violent we don't need to like loot and this and that um, and it's just like well did peaceful protesting work like right. did that work Colin Kaepernick s was on his knee mm -hmm. you know and that didn't seem to do much well I mean it did no. do a ton but like <laughs> it did <laughs> but people hate it he was condemned by a it. lot of people he lost his job yeah people um, hated it they hated him mm -hmm. they threatened him like mm -hmm. like so so when you keep doing the same thing and it doesn't work or it doesn't get the change you want to see then don't you have to try something new yeah I think Definitely. you do like you especially when you people are being murdered yeah it's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here in a circle and, like, just be silent and right. protest the way you want me to protest. Like, you're mm -hmm. murdering people. People yeah. are dying. Right. You know, I think I am going to read this quote. Um, there's just a word in here that I don't feel comfortable reading, so I'm going to use black individual in place of it. Um, but I just – I really like this quote, and I feel like it's important to read, especially because a lot of people – a lot of people right now kind of praise um, praise Dr. King and don't understand that he was hated um, during his time and and he was assassinated. Um, so a lot of people kind of think of him now as like uh, you know 
this this person who was you know incredibly well loved um but actually he he wasn't during his time i mean he was loved by a lot of people but um, but he was hated by a lot of white people um anyways this is the quote um is from his letter to letter from a birmingham jail um i have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the black individual's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizens counselor or the ku klux klanner but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Black individual to wait for a more convenient season, Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Um, and then the article that this was taken from, um, which is also linked in the doc, um, the author said after this quote, uh, we have seen this out in the world in people who call for civility during heated dialogues about injustice, who advocate for folks to see both sides, who play devil's advocate in the name of differences in perspectives, while claiming to be aligned with equality and with equity and justice or equity and progress. Sorry. Right now, they are the people who are worried about property damage, who insist not all cops are bad, who loudly proclaim that rioting is not the answer. Even as the police continue to murder black people for centuries without any repercussion, these folks continue to prioritize this negative peace and lack of tension to actual justice. Yeah, I think it, it can be hard if you don't kind of understand that concept. Um, it can be hard to understand it. Um, the, but the, the lack of, a lack of tension versus actual justice are going to look really different. Um, yeah. And then, um, I don't know if we're here yet, but, um, I put this kind of at the end of the doc and related to this conversation that, um, it's really, especially important as we move into pride month to recognize where, um, gay rights came from and why, uh, queer people are allowed to live as they are today. Um, the first pride was started as a riot against the police, um, and it was led by people of color. Um, if you're not familiar, I would definitely recommend reading up on um, the Stonewall riots, uh, especially if you're a queer person. Um, it's important to know our history. Um, I have a little bit of um, this article from the New York Times about the Stonewall riots. So I'm just going to read it here just in case anyone listening like doesn't know. Um, the Stonewall Uprising began shortly after midnight on June 28, 1969, when officers with now-defunct Public Morals Squad raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar on Christopher Street in Greenwich Village. The police said they had arrived to disperse the bar's patrons because the Stonewall Inn had violated liquor laws. And then this wasn't included in the article, but I included it because it's important to know um, that raids on gay clubs were common since it was actually illegal to serve alcoholic beverages in disorderly environments and having a group of gay patrons counted as being disorderly. Um, eight officers and an inspector arrived at the club and ordered about 200 people to line up and show their identification. Some were asked to submit to anatomical inspections. The officers' behavior that night would quickly become a stain on the department and an electrifying force for the LGBT movement. 
They came in the bar, they slammed people against the wall, they shoved people, and they hurled them insults that you probably can imagine, said Mark Siegel, 68, who participated in the protests that night. Um, and so these riots lasted six days, uh, and we commemorate them each year with Pride Month in June. That is what Pride is about, that it was the original Pride Parade was an actual riot, um, and it was violent. It was not a peaceful demonstration, it was violent. Um, and that's why we have the rights that we do today. Um, so it's really important to remember that. Um, I think it can be easy as a white queer person to kind of uh, forget, or, or maybe you never knew <laughs> if you're younger. Um, you know, and obviously there's a lot of parts in the world, and, and even in America, where, you know, queer people are still oppressed, for sure. Um, but we have come a, come a long way, and um, we owe a lot of that to these riots <laughs> yeah and again it just shows you like you know if you are someone who's progressive looking back at the police officers and the way they behaved like anatomical mm -hmm. inspections like yep. that's so easy to say how wrong and disgusting that is yeah but reflect that at the time that was the stance of mm -hmm. majority of people mm -hmm. so just understand that you know Today, it's the same thing. Who says that the police are on the right side? You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're not they're not necessarily doing what's right. And it's very clear to see looking back that back then they weren't. But people didn't necessarily think that was the wrong thing. And it's the same thing today. Right. People today mm -hmm. might say, oh, the police are just, you know, doing their job. They have to come in and break up these protests. But it's so clear that that's not the case mm -hmm. yeah um thank you for that um little history lesson there lucia yeah of course um yeah i feel like we covered um the stuff in the dock um i think i just want to close this discussion by saying that you know it's important that you look in at yourself and what you do in your everyday life and don't let this just be one time that you think about black people and think about what mm -hmm. you can do like make sure it's an ongoing thing I think that's one of the most difficult things that yeah. it's like while it's happening while it's like popular and it's all over the social media it's really easy to be involved but once it dies down it's a lot harder to be like okay I'm gonna continue to do these things um, and I think that's one of the things we need to make sure we're still doing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and just continue to actively work against racism and to actively yeah. work to educate yourself and learn more and listen. Um, I think that's key. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to make more of a point to do that going forward, um, like kind of paying attention to sharing what we're sharing on social media Um you know, obviously with the podcast, we do talk about these these topics mm -hmm. a lot. Um, but I think, you know, finding ways to be more kind of actively, actively involved is something that's important to both of us, mm -hmm. um, especially going forward. Um, as Caitlin said, you know, once the quote unquote popularity dies down, um, you know, the, it's it's important that we kind of continue the fight um, and make sure that we're we're still uh, using our, our platform and our voices. Um you know, in the coming weeks when 
a lot of people may be uh, back to quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I hope this is a tipping point and that we aren't going to go back I to quote really unquote normal. And is. I do kind of feel like it is. There's um there's a great video um that Trevor Noah did. Um, so Trevor Noah uh, took over. Oh gosh, what is it called? Is it the Tonight the Daily show? show? I can never remember the Daily Show. Yeah. Um, but he he did one. Um, if you search Trevor Noah protests on YouTube, you can find a clip of it. It's about 18 minutes long, and it's so good. Um, I would really recommend that everyone go watch that and listen to to what he's talking about. Um, but he did kind of talk about this being a little bit of a of a potential tipping point because um, the reaction from people was much stronger than it normally is when this stuff happens. Like, mm-hmm. you know, again, the murder of George Floyd is not something that happened out of the blue um, and it's not something new. Um, it's just that it was filmed and that the reaction of people, I think, you know, there wasn't the, the typical reaction of a lot of people of being like, well, what did he do to bring that on? Or what did right. he do to deserve that? Or like, but did the police, were they acting because they had to protect themselves? Like, it's very obvious if you watch that video. It is nine minutes, um, and it's 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 pretty hard to find arguments against it. Um, and also, I think, you know, a lot of what he said, too, is that the pandemic had an effect on that as well because people are home, and mm-hmm. so people have more time to kind of watch this stuff unfold. Yeah. Um, so I would really recommend watching it. Um, I'll include a link in the doc as well. Um but yeah, hopefully we are at a little bit of a tipping point right now, mm-hmm. um, and and people will continue to to do this work going forward. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, please let us know, you guys, if you have questions about what we talked about today. If you're trying to understand some terms we used or anything we discussed, if you want more resources, write into us talk to us um if you have things that we didn't say or we messed up or we said something that wasn't right like please let us know um Mm -hmm. we're learning and growing and understanding um every day so please write to us um and yeah we want to keep this discussion going um thank you guys who have listened to this episode 225 of talk direction Please write to us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Uh, go to our Tumblr, talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection, where we're going to be posting links to um, a lot of the things we talked about today, more posts we see. We're going to be retweeting. We're going to be posting on Instagram um, links to donate. Um, And I know already on our individual Twitters, we've both been um, liking and retweeting things. So if you go to my likes, I have a lot of things liked that will provide you with information or um, links to learn more and donate and sign and um, support black people. So definitely go check those out. My Twitter is at Caitlin I.R. Foster and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Lucia, where can they find you? Um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. Um, I don't post a ton um, on either of those platforms, actually, um, but I do a lot of, like, retweeting on Twitter um, and also, mm-hmm. like, liking as well, uh, like Caitlin said. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm also going to probably be a little bit more active on, on social media mm-hmm. um, in the coming weeks. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword uh, social media for me, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely check yeah. out our, our, our talk direction, Twitter and Instagram, because I think that's where probably there'll be more stuff because I don't really use my Twitter that much except to retweet and like but certainly go over there and if you follow me I know I'm on private right now because I'm going to med school so (laughs) you just tweet the talk (laughs) direction and then I'll go accept you on my own personal because I forget to do that yeah Um, yeah and I am a lot more active on the the talk direction social media accounts in general I'm Caitlin and I'm Lucia thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time for episode 226 bye Bye.